0: Welcome to a new episode of Philly Prime Podcast. I'm Dave Schratweiser. I'm joined again today by George Marterano. He was the longest nonviolent prison sentence. He served the longest nonviolent prison sentence in American history, 32 years. Supposed to be life without parole. Got out in August of 2015, and he's here to talk to us again today. And George, I want to start out with a little something I know that uh, um, is probably close, very close to your heart. And... Uh, that's the uh, the murder of your father, uh, Raymond Long John Martirano. I actually was at the scene that day when it happened. And uh, first, your thoughts about uh, what happened to your dad.
1: Well, we still don't know what exactly what was involved. But, you know, I, as you come home, you, you know, I did my research, uh, not for revenge, not for prosecution, just for a son uh, wondering what the hell happened. And what, what we found out— uh, prior to his uh, ambush he went to uh, went to Sicily uh, twice and we have family there and in Sicily uh, uh, he was going to get involved building and there's no wood in Sicily there's no forest you know everything's made by stone or our quarry marble and our family has an interest in a, in a quarry and uh, some of these families, it'd be like multi-fam, multi-families have interest in these quarries that have been around for maybe a couple hundred years. So anyway, he was going to build, uh, start building there Then the second trip and we, we found out someone spread a rumor that my father was bringing back shooters because that was the case with John Stanford. Uh, John Stanford was a mob boss and one of the informants was a shooter that he brought back from Italy and uh, that's where uh, I believe that's where the fear, fear got him ambushed. They thought he would bring back, yeah, and was Yeah, local wasn't. mob you think yeah, thought he was going to bring back. Yeah, he visited back. me in prison, and he said, I'm tired. He said, it's it's not what it was. He said, I'm, I'm going to go, and uh, when you come home, I'll be there. I'll have a home for you. And this and that, and that's what I believe would caused him to
0: be ambushed. Some of the stuff that was out there at the time was that he was getting back into the numbers and gambling and well, stuff. Well, he like did that. try. He and did that they try. Didn't wa- they didn't want him doing that.
1: He did try, and then he realized there was nothing. And it was nothing. And it was nothing worth it anymore. There's no money there. Yeah, he said this. He said what? He said he don't know what happened to the mob. <laughs> so he said, "I'm a, I'm out of here," and. Um, and that's what, that's what the rumor got him ambushed.
0: Yeah, I was in the newsroom around 4 o'clock in the afternoon uh, at uh, 4th and Market, and we got the call in that something had happened at 8th and Spruce, 9th and Spruce. That's right where back. he
1: crashed. He yeah. was trying to drive himself yeah. to the hospital. And he didn't make it because he was bleeding out so fast. Yeah, and but I all, mean, we were all right on retros- the
0: scene there, and I got to tell you, it was a horrific scene. Um, uh, they had probes through the window with the holes in the window from where he was shot by, I believe it's two gunmen. They, right, they right. Think, Did this, and it may have actually happened in the alley. No, it happened up
1: the back street. There was a house. Yeah. The way I understand it, from yeah. reading the articles, because you know I'm. Yeah.
0: Well, your I'm, dad used to I'm, drive out the yeah, back. Yeah, I'm there, a right? fifth.
1: I'm I'm fifteen hundred miles away. Right. I'm in a prison in Louisiana, and uh, and uh, there was a house on the construction. And when he made the turn, uh, they were hiding in the in the, and uh, you know, around the materials, the construction materials. Yeah. But what I can't figure out, my father was under, he was a top guy, top mob guy, and he was under what you call five-man uh, surveillance. Yeah. There's five five agents logging in, and uh, they were following him everywhere. So when he made the turn up the street, they should have turned with him. They kept going because they were probably following him every day, and when they realized he turned up that street, he was going Going to the house, yeah. so they didn't follow him. But if they would have followed him, they would have drove right into the yeah. into the ambush.
0: And he was going to a doctor's appointment. Am I right about that at the time uh, when he left the house? Uh, and, uh, I think if I had correctly, there I think wasn't he? No, he he
1: was coming home from
0: coming home from a doctor's yeah, appointment. He was coming home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, coming uh, yeah, up. and I remember getting on the scene there, and it was uh, it was a crazy scene. It oh, was well, actually, Buckingham in the rush hour, and all in all,
1: in all yeah. actuality, yeah. the surgeons did a great job.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. He
1: didn't die from the gunshot wounds. What happened was, after two weeks, he got staff, and that's what he killed them. Actually, staff
0: killed them. Now you're in prison. Do you hear about it that day, or do you hear about it later? Does word come to you right away in prison?
1: Uh, uh, I don't remember.
0: let me ask you this: Do you remember? I'm assuming as soon as you hear this, you're pretty angry about. I'm
1: it. trying to remember how I, how, uh, how I found. Out. I don't think they called the prison. Uh, they didn't want to upset me. Actually, I called home every day. Okay. Someone, someone in the family, I called every day. What is my mother? And you remember your kids.
0: reaction to it when, it, when you found and it?
1: Out. I, yeah. And uh, you were angry. And I, I believe no, it made CNN. It made national news. Oh, it did. Yeah. So I think I seen it on the news too. Okay. In, uh,
0: what were your thoughts when you heard about? Well, this? you know what,
1: I was so uh, I lost so much in prison. You know, so many loved ones. I've been I mourn so many. You know, only thing you can do is go to your cell yeah. and mourn. They don't let you go to any funerals, or any hospitals. They don't. You're just you're not. That ain't happening, especially when you're at a penitentiary maximum security penitentiary. Especially so. the
0: way you were treated. There's no way you're getting out to go to a funeral.
1: Yeah, so I just went back to my cell, and, you know, and you, you cry. You cry. You look at four walls and you cry. That's all you can do.
0: Yeah. Now, when you get out, do you kind of get it in your head? You want to find out what happened?
1: No, no, because that's a sucker's play. Yep. And uh, I sent word prior to that, and then when I get out, I, I got seek no revenge. Uh, that was his life, and, yep. you know, I'm not happy that it happened. Right. Uh, and I just, I just told everybody, I want to go on
0: with my life. Okay. Do you want to see justice here at some point? Do you want to see the people who are responsible for that held accountable?
1: You know what? I, I, I. I that's a, that's a hard question to ask because when you hold people accountable for things like that, who, who gets destroyed is the families. I'm not happy that it happened. Uh, I don't know who did it. But if there ever was an indictment and it came down, who gets destroyed is the family, you know. I guess the, whoever did it—they're older now. They probably have kids, grandkids, and that's in, and like the, you know, that's that's what it is with the mob. The mob, the mob. <laughs> who? Huh? There is no happy ending. Where's the happy ending? Jail. Right. Where? Where's the happy or ending? Or in the
0: ground. Right. Where's no the retirement plan in the mob? Where's the,
1: right? where's the happy ending? And I realized that as a young man.
0: All right. Now, the good thing for you is that you have a pretty happy ending here now. You've been out five years, right? Yes. You've been doing a whole bunch of new things. Uh, let's talk about the business ventures first. You run a hemp cafe down on 7th Street right Yeah, near I own south. the
1: Hip Hemp Cafe, right. hiphempcafe.com. Yep. Very proud of that because we we help a lot of people emotionally and physically. Uh, we just uh, purchased two more buildings. We're going to be opening in Atlantic City. Okay. And we're going to be opening in the uh, University City, and in florida i think the hip hemp cafes is a it's a great concept because of, we train our staff number one help people first money second
0: yeah. now during the pandemic here now you talked to me about this before the show um and we were talking about how you think your store has you've been busier at the store because oh yeah of our the way sales are our flower
1: our flower sales in the industry we call flower it's the hemp that you smoke and it's totally legal the sale, our sales have skyrocketed because people are just locked in, and you know they're getting on each other, each others' nerves. And and uh, we have a lot of uh, we have people from all ages. You have to, you have to be a uh, 21. Uh, uh, you really have to be 18. You buy hemp, but we we keep it at 21.
0: Right. You have all kind of safety precautions set up, right? Only one oh, yeah. person and in the, the shop. Oh yeah, in the economy.
1: industry, industry, anything you sell has to have a certificate. Of analysts, a certificate of authenticity that has that's a must. That has to be on your product. You know, we bay our everything under the FDA.
0: Yeah. Now, what kind of products do you sell at the store? Oh, A to Z. Yeah. Anything. We'll give you, you an example of a couple.
1: We have we have uh, we have drinks, uh, we have edibles, we have cakes, we have coffee, uh, we have lollipops, we have we 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 have uh, thirty different types of strain. strain means types of flour that you smoke, and we just, uh, unbelievable. We also have a therapeutic center there, and uh, it's just, uh, and we're a five-star. In this industry, it's almost impossible to get a five-star. We got, we're a five-star. I'm very proud of that. We're the only five. I'm the only store like we have on the Eastern Seaboard, and we're the only five-star on the Eastern Seaboard.
0: You're a hands-on guy, too. You check in every day over there and uh, oh, yeah, see how yeah, things I are going. Oh, yeah, pay
1: attention. Well, I, you know, we have young people, and um, I'm so happy. That's what one of my goals is in the next few years. I want I want to have five, six hundred uh, supplying jobs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, tune, with all I'm doing with all I'm doing around the country, we we create. I created about 20 jobs. Yeah. So I'm proud of that. You know, I got out of jail with 20
0: dollars. You see a little irony here, though, too. That you went away from marijuana and did 32 oh, yeah. years. Oh, yeah. and yeah, I remember. Now you're running a some years back, I'm in the visiting room. Yeah.
1: And my brother-in-law comes in. He visits pretty regularly, and and he said that marijuana is going to be legal in Colorado. I said, what are you talking about? He says, Yeah, they're gonna be selling legal. And then some time gone by and he comes in, he say, hey, "Marijuana is gonna be legal in California and in a section. It was a domino. So I said, This is insane. I'm sitting in here for marijuana and it's legal all over the country.
0: How'd you get the idea when you came out to do that in South Philly?
1: Well, I didn't know much about C B D, Dave. When I came out, I was booked I'm a public speaker and I was booked around the country. To speak about what happened to me, all the people in this, right. and the and the hemp industry, uh, uh, marijuana industry, and I started learning about CBD. I didn't I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. I knew about marijuana, mm-hmm. and uh, I started learning, and I realized I learned I learned from a lot of mothers that had sick children, and they they you know made this stuff up in their kitchens, and they wind up opening up companies. And uh, that's when I learned it, and I said, "You know what?" And it's uh, I waited for uh, <clears throat> the right time, which uh, the Farm Hemp Act yeah. was passed and made it totally legal in fifty states, yeah. and I went for it. Okay. I went for it.
0: You talked about public speaking. You've been a lot of uh, big places to give speeches. Yeah, I've spoken of thousands,
1: thousands.
0: University of Pennsylvania, right? I spoke to, over, spoke to, I did a there.
1: TEDx talk that's it's over a million views. Yeah. Uh, I'm very proud. I'm the only person ever from my type of background that was invited to speak at the Wharton School. I spoke in front of the graduating
0: class at the Wharton School of Business. That's the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, very proud of that. Most prominent business school in the
1: country. Right, yeah. And they invited me back again to do a TEDx talk. And I, uh, they actually, the Wharton School sponsored my TEDx talk at the Annenberg Theater. Right. And they invited me back the next year. But I said, no, I can't top what I did. So I didn't go.
0: You like public speaking? Oh, I love it. I love it. Well... <laughs> to young people, it sounds like well, to me, right? Is that really what you're trying years, to reach? For 10
1: years. For 10 solid years, it was called morning meeting. And uh, I worked at, at, uh, for the psychology department, a very funded uh, prestigious unit in, yeah. in the federal prison. Actually, I an inmate had to sign a contract. Okay. It was an 18-month program. And we had a morning meeting. And the morning meeting was lasted 45 minutes, and everyone had to be there. I had 120 guys every morning, yeah. plus staff, plus visiting staff. So for 10 years, Monday through Friday, I conducted that meeting. Yeah. So I got such—I never prepared anything other than writing a few words in the, yeah. to follow in the palm of my hand.
0: You work extemporaneously yeah. off no notes, it So like what
1: that. I used to do is I used to do world news. United States news, uh, uh, that state where I was at, news, and prison news. So I used to go through that. Then I used to do word of the day and thought of the day. And I used to interact, make them ask questions. And I did that for 10 years. So I got, so, well, the main purpose was the morning meeting. These guys, we were preparing them for when they go home. They had to get up, you had to wash, you had to dress. So you couldn't come there raggedy. You had to be presented right. And then after that, you either went to, to your job or you went to your class. So it was preparing them for the streets. So And that's I got so good at speaking that. Uh, the
0: only thing you couldn't get used to was the cell phone, right, because you never had never seen one, you said, when you got out in Well,
1: a couple knuckleheads would try to get them smuggled in, but I wouldn't use them. Yeah, yeah. But I remember I'd seen one Yeah. A guy, and, every, and these, these guys – when you break a rule, they always get caught, you know.
0: Um, talk to me a little bit about. You got some uh, some media projects going on as well.
1: Yeah, Murray. I'm uh, right now, currently, the last few months, we're doing a documentary. I'm work. I'm on the contract with called
0: Mainline Television. And this is about your life.
1: Yes, yeah, totally about my life, and it's going to be amazing when the when the audience sees this because I'm just I'm just a talent. People working with me on this, and uh, you
0: got a name for it or anything yet? Or can I don't you can say know. that. I don't know
1: what we're <laughs> going to call it. I don't know. But what do you uh, want to call it? I really don't know. I just <laughs> want to be. I want it to be. Not all. Of, yeah, I want it to be fair, and look at both sides.
0: An accurate depiction of right. your life. I don't. I don't
1: happened? want to. I don't want to be sugarcoated on me because people are too smart for that. And that's my, uh, I should be here we're going to be airing that. If it's not bought, we understand Netflix wants to look at it before we air it. Yeah. If they buy it, then I'm working on two other Netflix
0: projects. Yeah. Uh, and, um. That get you excited, get you up and moving every day kind of thing? Well, or? it's work. Yeah.
1: It's work. Anybody that thinks they're going to do something creative like this show, you know, you have to work. You have to show up on time. You have to be prepared. So it's a lot of work. be uh, I'm uh, working with two top writers right now. And guess what, ladies yeah. and gentlemen? You got to put the hours in. Anything with creativity, first thing, your worst thing you can do is rush it. Yeah. Can't rush creativity. And you just. So I'm pretty, I think. I think what we're trying, what I'm going for, uh, is to become a household name, yeah. so uh, I can uh, enhance uh, uh, my uh, hip hemp cafes. And my pet project is uh, the grow father. Ladies and gentlemen, you're talking. To George Martorano, I am the grow father. <laughs> you heard of the godfather. Yes, this well, is the grow father. I'm the grow father. We have a great...
0: And where's that going, George? Tell me what that's about. Grow
1: father, ladies and gentlemen, I could probably predict in two years, a year to two years, is going to be big, biggest selling brand in America as far as flour concerning CBD and THC in the recreational states. This is just a great name. Yeah. And it, it's a story... American people are funny. They love stories. You put a story behind something and, and it, it just goes that's why they love goes.
0: podcasts like this It goes and
1: goes yeah. yeah I never heard the word podcast until I come home When did they when did they evolve?
0: Uh, you know it's, it's a good question uh, over the years uh, you know probably the last five years or so they've really become popular. My mom's uh, 88 years old she asked me when I was out. Visiting her in New York recently, what's a podcast? And I'm kind of like, well, it's like a radio show, but it's online, you know, interaction, guests, that kind of stuff. I was trying to explain it to her; she had difficulty wrapping her head around it, but she finally. Yeah, understood. well, I was amazed. There is to a few.
1: There is an a, an audience that just loves listening to podcasts. is a major audience, thousands and thousands in America. Yeah. So that's it's new.
0: It sounds like you're a busy guy, and, you, and you're staying busy. You want to be busy. Oh, it's just I don't
1: have no. I right now I'm sitting here thinking that, uh, you know, I used to fly, a guy used to fly me around in a plane years back, you know, and we did everything wrong flying that plane around. So it's coming back, I'm, I'm probably going to get another plane, yeah. but do every flying around, do everything right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Hey, can I ask you a quick question? I'm just interested in your perspective. You've been on, on both sides of the fence right here. There's been a lot of talk about the, um, the downfall of organized crime and, uh, your opinion uh, from where you sit um, looking at the fact that your father was in it you were accused of being around it or being in it right, which you denied what's your thoughts about that in 2020
1: it's absolutely absolute it's, it's, it's like uh, it's like the IRA it's a waste of time uh, I mean uh, I, I'll counsel if, if guys want to I, I got one sentence for that uh, anybody, young guys out there, uh, think giving you one sentence, and please take heed, the streets don't love you back. The streets don't love you back.
0: That's a good reason to stay away from that.
1: Yeah, so you're going to take away your take away. First of all, <laughs> is no one going to do the time that I did? Yeah. I did 30, you know, I did half my life in a cage. Yeah. Uh, it amazes me that I I lived through it. It's a it's a it's a miracle that I lived through. And you look I, great too. On top, of I it. I went through some tough situations. Sure. So So uh, what do you what do you you're not going anywhere. You're not going any and and these guys when the FBI puts them in the back seat of that car and say you know you're facing life, they not going to go to trial and get life. They're going to roll. So what what and what do you, and I believe whoever's involved in the game today has that in the back of their mind. Yeah. So what? What? What?
0: And you can tell from where you sit, life for thirty plus years in jail is is not a a kind thing. No, no, uh, there's nothing know, good about that, right? The
1: only reason I'm alive because I went away, a young man. I went away 31. But today, if I ever did something stupid, <laughs> I, I'm not going to come out alive. And if you're you're on the streets and you're in your 40s or 50s and That's you a death sentence really yeah you're, you're going you're going and right right now yeah. Dave, I'm involved with a lot of advocate groups for prison prison reform around America. I'm very well respected yeah. and I'm getting I've been getting hearing horror stories of what's going. you know the prisons are like a cruise ship that coronavirus has went through all these prisons, yeah. all these prisons and I, I one situation I can relate to back in the 90s I was at a prison in the South. And we had a bad flu situation. We swept through the whole prison, and the guards, cold and sick, didn't show up. For a day and a half, we didn't have food. Who came and fed us with soldiers? So that was just one incident. Now, times that I understand every prison in America is affected with this. So, and I got a report from one friend of mine, uh, a Christian Floor. Uh, her brother works uh, in Seattle at a prison in the state Washington State. And they said the only medical things that they ordered were body bags. Okay.
0: Um, finishing up here, it sounds to me like the thing you're most proud of is helping the young guys, mentoring the young guys, that they don't go down the road uh, you went down. Because you really can't predict what's going to happen when you go before a sentencing judge. And it's really a roll of the dice. So... Don't get involved.
1: Don't. I uh, if you, like I said, the streets don't love you back. And you young guys who want to go out there and, and, and mess with drugs and stuff like that, you're crazy. Uh, don't do it. There's another way. Anybody wants to t- talk about going in another direction, just I'm um, um, easy to get a hold of. I, I'm an intervention dad specialist. I work with a lot of people with substance abuse and mental and shut-ins. I've been working with shut-ins. So, you know.
0: Yeah. I well, wish a lot of luck with the uh, enterprise, with the uh, media projects. The grow father. Document. <laughs> grow the grow father. I'm the grow father. Not the godfather, the grow father. The grow father. All right, grow father. Thank you for coming in to see us, George. I really do appreciate it, folks. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for listening to Philly Prime, the podcast, and we'll see you next time around.